So what did we learn this year? Today I'm giving my five lessons to be learned from the 2022 movie year. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I'm continuing my uh, best of or uh, year in review stuff from 2022 as we uh, begin 2023. And in particular, I've done th- other things in the past, like the scariest scenes or the best songs or uh, even the worst movies, and none of those really hit as hard uh, for me, at least compared to lessons or takeaways that we can have from the year in movies that was 2022. So I thought there was actually a couple of big lessons to learn and hopefully that are maintained and we will find out whether or not uh, studios have listened or if the wheels are already in motion for more bad decisions. So let's find out. 2022 was a tumultuous year that also featured a number of big successes and equally big bombs at the box office. It also, it also featured a ton of manufactured controversies and studio malpractice that would seem surprising. If, if that wasn't all studios seemed to do this year, Warner Brothers and Sony alone, yeesh. So today I'm going to give my five lessons from the movie year that was 2022. Lesson number one, sincerity and spectacle can go a long way. For a lot of movie writers attempting to summarize 2022, the message being pushed thus far is that this is the year that Marvel slipped up and was bested by movies beating it at its own game. Which is a bit funny, considering Marvel has four movies in the domestic <laughs> domestic box office top ten for the year, including a holdover from the year prior, but also because the movies that people are pointing to are Top Gun Maverick and Avatar The Way of Water two sequels to successful and popular franchises that had more than enough time to make people miss their specific kind of thrills. In my opinion, the real lesson, as the header says, is that sincerity and spectacle can go a long way. There's nothing intricate or interconnected about the plots of Top Gun Maverick or Avatar 2. They are big, shameless, spectacle-driven movies that handle emotions like guilt, grief, and inspiration with the subtlety of Independence Day. And here's the thing, that's okay! It's great, even. I know a lot of people have grown tired of the cynical blockbuster films that also seem ashamed of what they are. Big, silly, sincere movies with simple stories and a ton of visual splendor are coming back. And it's nice to see so many big movies lean in on an emotionally invested versus detached approach. Lesson number two is that horror is here to stay. It's an unfortunate but familiar trend that anytime a movie seemingly aimed at a very targeted group, be it a specific subgenre or women, does well at the box office, it is treated like a surprise hit. Which is incredibly silly, since most many of the most profitable movies ever made come from these genres, and horror has been growing by leaps and bounds for years. And 2022 might have been the year horror fans finally pushed studios in the right direction. The viral marketing of Smile helped it push it helped to push it over $100 million at the box office, while the sinister team of Scott Derrickson and Ethan Hawke reunited for the equally successful Black Phone. Familiar franchises like Scream and Halloween roared back, movies with almost no hype like Barbarian bested animated Disney movies, and Terrifier 2 became a cult hit. Not only that, but the genre is also getting more and more publicity, with more films within the genre being included on best of lists. The message should be clear. Folks really enjoying going folks really enjoy going to the theater to get scared and see horror as more than a B-movie genre. 
Lesson number three, stop deifying filmmakers or asking them about Marvel movies. I'm not going to name a specific filmmaker in this segment because, well, take your pick of old men who talk about the movie world this year, and chances are you'll see another eye-catching, problematic quote that puts down another film or filmmaker, which is always shitty regardless of the quality of the film in question. There are a ton of talented older filmmakers still producing engaging and quality films and getting them green lit, and often that's great. And But I don't really need to hear from directors who make the same kind of movie with similar themes over and over again that then say Marvel movies aren't movies or that they don't have anything to say. And treating these men as the be-all and all of movie opinions doesn't help anyone. Oscar-winning directors have problematic elements in their art as well. This is all a business where people are trying their best to tell stories that engage with an audience and make money. And the objective quality of each film isn't determined by whether or not it is part of the NCU or what old, very biased men feel about them. Lesson number four, rethink the approach to theatrical releases. If it was released by any other studio, there's a good chance that the runaway mid-budget indie hit of the year, A24's Everything Everywhere All at Once, not only wouldn't get made, but also wouldn't have gotten a strong theatrical run. Of course, I understand that there are factors beyond independent distributors' control, such as that theaters that are essentially owned by Disney, and thus will keep the latest MCU movie in their single showing theater for as long as humanly possible. But everything everywhere's slow and steady approach looks like a blueprint for future success. It started with about two weeks in major markets so the excellent reviews and enthusiasm could flow online and get people excited before one week of moderate distribution, before full distribution a week after. For context, the timeline was from a 10-theater release starting on March 25th and then a 2,220-theater release on April 15th. And most importantly, it didn't leave theaters until October 7th. Looking at the very profitable limited release of Glass Onion weeks before the Netflix drop, or how other movies who got the giant push right away, like The Northman, appeared to bomb before finding an audience on streaming, there's a strong argument that certain kinds of movies need time and hype to get butts in seat and that they can succeed given the chance and a solid plan. And finally, everyone involved in decisions around Morbius should be fired. As fun as it is for people who are sick of Marvel movies to pine for less cookie-cutter adventures, we should also remember how bad so, so many of the copycats can and have been. The internet's favorite punching bag this year was Morbius, a movie that sounded bad from the onset, looked worse after first glances, and somehow lived down or even below those paltry expectations. A clear attempt to cash in on a vague connection to Spider-Man, and genre tropes that lacked anything resembling a human touch. The movie bombed as expected and immediately got the meme treatment as an obviously terrible thing that the internet collectively agreed to laugh at. Honestly, perhaps the only time that the movie online movie world truly agreed on something in a long time. But that couldn't hold a candle to what followed, which was Sony executives believing that its Morbin Time meme was genuine enthusiasm for the film and shoving it back into 2000 plus theaters to take another giant monetary and PRL. And that's almost as many theaters as Everything Everywhere All at Once got at its height. I wrote about why this decision was stupid, what inspired it, and what it does to other films who could use another week or two to get attention or make money when they got pulled in favor of Morbius. But the takeaway hasn't changed. Anyone and everyone who signed off on this movie and every decision around this movie should be fired.
This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.